Hey guys, and welcome to episode 42 of the Reviver Cell Podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself Podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys, welcome to episode 42 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Today we have Anne Margaris back on the show for episode number two of her. Now, you might remember Anne from uh, the first episode talking all about natural childbirth. You can find Anne at www.homesweethomebirth.com. If you go forward slash free, she's got a free guide there. You can give you away things like 100 of the best tips for expectant mothers or mothers-to-be, etc., etc., I should say. Um, So last time we talked all about how birth doesn't have to be such a traumatic experience and um, it can be free medication, it can can be something that is not seen as such a painful... uh, painful process hasn't got to be high on drugs etc and we talked a lot about a lot about um how we can make it a much more pleasant experience for for mother um well today's episode we're going to be talking all about birth trauma um, and going into that now if you don't know what birth trauma is then we have to wait wait about two seconds you can find out no but birth trauma is uh, something that um Lots of women go through uh, a huge amount. Actually, when I was doing the stats, I came out of stat on the actual show. Um, as many as two hundred thousand women every year may feel traumatized by uh, childbirth. Um, so this is something that that goes on and is very, very um, uh, evident um, when it comes to, to birth. So we need something that needs to be taken. Um, seriously it's something that needs to be addressed and something that needs to be spoken about I know I had quite a few messages through an email I spoke to a few people and said how much they appreciate the first interview so this one's going to be great and we also go into breath work or breath work I should say um, which is great so without further ado here is Anne here's the second episode guys and as always I'll catch you on the other side Hey guys and welcome to episode 42 of the Revival Cell podcast. Today's episode is number two with Anne Margolis and we'll be talking about the different issues regarding um, childbirth. So we had Anne on not so long ago, a few weeks ago and we were talking all about the, obviously the traumatic experience that people women go through with childbirth, her, childbirth sorry, her experience etc. Uh, and now we're going to just t- touch a little bit into birth trauma and then Anne's journey. So Welcome, Anne. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, good. As I'm just talking a little bit offline, just saying about how it's just starting to get cold here, and uh, yeah. I'm guessing it is over there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so um, we actually had a really good response at the last uh, last interview, Anne. Um, actually, got one of the ladies who does os- she's uh, Catherine Ferrant. She does osso bone broth. I had quite a few different responses, but I just remember because Catherine sent me a message um, on Saturday saying just listen to your interview with Anne and it hit so many uh hit home for her really so it's great to get you back on that's the show. great yeah I got some good response on my end people were messaging me yeah so it's great yeah it's awesome so today we're gonna first of all want to touch on birth trauma now um so it's just some stats for people out there and people don't we'll go into what birth trauma is in different circumstances etc but 
just for some stats for people out there, um, in the UK alone, 10,000 women a year develop post-traumatic stress disorder, um, mm. a, con- a condition that includes birth trauma. And as many as 200,000 women um, feel traumatised by, by childbirth and they develop mm. the symptoms of P, uh, PTSD. So just for people out there, and what is birth trauma? That's incredible, the statistics, especially given how... how um, much midwifery is m- much more midwifery. Mm-hmm. The practice of midwifery is so more prevalent mm-hmm. in in the UK mm-hmm. versus the United States, which we have much higher rates of of, of birth trauma. So, so um, birth trauma is really, yeah, as you say, it's post traumatic stress disorder. Trauma is trauma. It's it's actually a, a normal reaction. It's not a sign of it's not a sign of weakness or someone's inability to cope with something. It's actually a normal reaction to a real or perceived sort of traumatic, you know, scary or bad experience. So when 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 witnessing or experience something that that is is either perceived life threatening or dangerous to mom or baby, and there are. Um, it's associated in, uh, like, especially around obstetrics, when there is loss of control, loss of dignity, um, loss of privacy, sort of a hostility um, or, or difficult attitudes of, of the staff or not be, feeling like not being heard, be, um, things being done without consent. And there are, there's a, there's a grassroots organization called Improving Birth that coined the term obstetric violence um, as sort of coercive, disrespectful care. And um, the World Health Organization has has called for increased scrutiny of disrespectful childbirth practices around the time of birth and in labor and delivery units all around the world. And they, they, they actually... It is actually written that it must be taken as seriously as rape. Many, many feel, yeah, that this kind of trauma as rape because they're vulnerable. They, the interventions are invasive into their, you know, um, within their, you know, sexual, uh, it involves their sexual um, anatomy, right? So it's very intimate um, and it's, and there's this, you know, already in, in childbirth, it, you know, there's this loss of control and a sense of vulnerability. So like, you know, it, when, 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 when a woman hears, you know, if you don't do this, baby could die or baby could be damaged. And so women feel coerced mm-hmm. into doing unwanted procedures to themselves, you know, or, or their babies. And what, what happens is, um, it's, it's pretty much, um, a similar, uh, symptom picture as, you know, we, we used, we, PTSD was kind of coined after the veterans got back from the Vietnam war, they were having a series of symptoms, you know? And, um, so it's a normal reaction. Um, symptoms can be sort of intense fear, a sense of helplessness, a sense of kind of horror, uh, persistent re-experiencing of the event. So like intrusive memories, flashbacks, dream, you know, disturbing dreams that can really, you know, cause a woman to, let's say, wake up or feel, um, when these thoughts come in, intrusive thoughts come in, like distressed, panicked and, you know, anxious. Um, and even when exposed to like reminders or triggers, 
So, so women who have PTSD or birth trauma, they don't want, they want to like avoid anything that reminds them of the birth and, 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 you know, talk like, I remember after my first birth, which I now know I had birth trauma, I couldn't even talk about it, you know, and every, and everyone kind of undermines it by saying, but you had a healthy baby, right? You know, you had a breathing baby with a heartbeat who's pink, you know, so, but that, it's so much more than that. And that just undermines and, and invalidates what, what, what's going on. Like, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to, it was almost hard for me to see pregnant women and even think about birth. And I was working on the unit, right, where I gave birth. So, you know, some women, um, you know, just like all medical procedures then become a trigger. You know, it, it's very, um, the body, mind, soul, you know, very complicated and, and, you know, things can trigger the symptoms and it could be like someone that looks like, right, the nurse or the doctor that was, that was there. Um, some women feel like they need to talk about it over and over again, you know, just, um, it could interfere with sleep. It can, it can cause irritability and, you know, there's this sort of hypervigilance, like um, kind of a, a, a sense, um, like being on guard, like thinking that there's um, almost a danger around every corner. And, you know, they're just like wound up and easily startled. And this is this is really a, the body's way of making sense of a scary experience. So, for example, in the wild, all animals, you know, there's a lot of trauma research now and, and we, we look at animals um, and because animals don't carry baggage, they don't carry trauma. They are activating their being and they are at, um, in the parasympathetic nervous system. They are in a state of calm and that's where the body functions most um, optimally. Right. But let's say a deer is 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 in is in the wild and sees a tiger. Right. So we have the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight response like, oh, my God, you know, the deer, whatever the deer is sensing, the deer could die be eaten alive at any moment. So the deer, the adrenaline, the epinephrine, all the stress hormones are activated too. So the deer can run for its life. When the If the deer reaches safety, like all animals, they shake it off. It's a somatic response. They, they, the body needs to get rid of the trauma energy and then they resume being in the state of you know relaxation and, and they don't carry around this trauma. Human beings tend to, when, you know, it could, it, it could be birth, it could be um, a, a rape, it could be abuse, it could be even like being in a car accident, right? Yeah. We hold our breath and, the, and the, emo the energy of the trauma gets suppressed and, and is stored in, in the body. There's a lot of, you know, really uh, amazing research about this. And I can talk about like how to heal from it. But, that, but women are not alone, you know, a, like I don't, a third of women describe their birth as, as traumatic, you know, have some sort of birth trauma. And what's, what's, ups, what's concerning me is that a lot of the medical professionals, um, in addition to people, right, people don't know, really acknowledge this. They're so focused on the physical, not the psychological reaction of birth, right? So women might go to get help because they're not feeling right. And they're, and they're falsely diagnosed as having depression, or anxiety and put on drugs to suppress what what they're feeling, you know. So so that's a concern that I have. Yeah. So that's why I want to raise awareness, and that's what you know. I'm just so um, I'm so passionate about preventing this. You know, that's that's just so that it doesn't happen at all. 
But um, babies feel birth trauma just as mothers feel birth trauma. So, you know, right now I'm just talking about the mother, but babies have a whole different experience as well. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, no, I won't go into that uh, next, actually, how baby does. But just as you're saying there, it's <clears throat> a few different topics you've touched on there. Um, first of all, about the... The, the the treatment that people get in hospitals it's almost I can see what you mean like if the, the nurses or doctors almost like arrogance like they tell, tell people what to do and it can cause people to to feel like yeah it's not a safe place and I, I, I get what you mean I get what you're saying there so I can understand where you're coming from in terms of watching that situation play out in my head you get it like you even see it in movies where um, like the doctors or the, the staff are basically having a go at, at the at the woman giving birth because she's not doing it to their sort of standards but that's not really a loving way to bring something a person to world um no and it's and it's and and it's not like you know doctors and nurses mean well for the vast majority they really mean well it's just you know there's a fear of malpractice fear of something going wrong and it kind of overrides the ethical values of of you know of are we still connected yeah Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, like I was saying in my previous um, interview with you, like just me personally, I was feared and, you know, the doctor came in and stuck his hand up me and examined me without my consent every hour. And, and, and then, you know, because I wasn't making progress and then they throw, but you know, you don't want anything to happen to the baby, you know, no, I don't want anything to happen to the baby. You know, so I was kind of, I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to have a cesarean. So I was kind of feared into doing a lot of, you know, the Pitocin and which led to the epidural. And then, you know, her heart rate dropped and then there was a real emergency. So, so then I really thought she was, you know, dead, you know, when I was waiting in the um, uh, operating room for an hour and nobody uh, was helping me to get the, you know, they were waiting for the assistant surgeon. So, you know, it, there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of fear in the hospital and women sometimes are feared into doing things against their will when there's actually nothing wrong. You know, if there's something wrong, then that's a different story. And, and yes, that, that, that is, sometimes it's not in our control. For example, if the baby's shoulders get stuck or, you know, a mom has, uh, there, there is a complication that needs crisis intervention. But the vast majority of births, um, are, when they're healthy, they go well. So we don't need to treat them as a crisis and do things against the mother's will. Right. And, and it can just like a baby, a mother and baby can be treated with compassion and support and and intimacy and, and validation. Right. Around around this process of, of, of having a baby, yeah. you know, there's there's ways to prevent it, you know, just just basic, you know, giving her the you know, when there's not an emergency. And most of the time there's not when you leave it alone, leave birth alone and let it progress you know, just, just ha- ha- focusing more on the mom and the baby, how they doing, explaining things clearly and kindly, you know, it does don't, and, and giving her respectful communication and care so she can make an informed decision if she even wants an exam or not, you know, it's her choice. She, this is an intimate, you know, invasive procedure and a vaginal exam. And it's just assumed that everybody going into labor, yeah, we're just going to, we're just going to check out and see how dilated you are. That is, you know, very sensitive for a lot of women to have, to have that. Right. So, so I've learned over the years, I mean, it's been over 20 years and thousands of babies that, that the vast majority of time I can see what's going on without me having to stick my fingers inside a woman's vagina, you know, 
that that's an invasive procedure. If I have to, it can be done. I could I could tell them, you know, we could tell the mom, this is what's going on. This is what I'm concerned about. This is what I think we need to do. Here are the pros and the cons. And she can, she has the power to say, I want this. I don't want this. And if she wants this with kindness and compassion, I can, you know, I can do an exam knowing that this is a very intimate area of her body that could be associated with previous abuse or not. Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, just looking at, just looking at, I mean, you've listed quite a few things as well. This is going through it and it's gone through quite a few things. But just to say, um, just a little list here of what is birth trauma and they say some of the triggers of birth trauma include having an unwanted intervention, having an emergency caesarean section, either under epidural or general anaesthetic, um, having an epi, um, epi, epitosimary? Pitocin? Oh, a pisiotomy. Yeah, a pisiotomy is they just yeah. routinely, they routinely cut. Right. They don't let the woman stretch on her own. They just routinely right. cut. That's okay. the most, one of the most harmful uh, procedures to cut from the vaginal opening almost towards the rectum, you know, the perineum. Is that what they call it? Yeah, physiotomy. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay, and then the other one was finding that your baby's in distress during labor or birth. Uh, you, you or your baby's life kind under threat during labor or birth, feeling out of control, experiencing extreme pain, enduring a long labor or short dramatic one, or poor postnatal care. And then they said recognizing the signs of birth trauma, like you mentioned before, uh, a response of intense fear, helplessness, or horror to the experience of childbirth, uh, reoccurring thoughts, flashbacks, and nightmares about experience, feelings of pain when reminded of the birth, either avoiding talking about the experience altogether or becoming right. obsessed with talking right. about it, uh, difficulty sleeping and concentrating, feelings of anger, irritability, and extreme caution, blaming your partner or even the baby for putting you through the trauma. I mean, a lot of those things, as you mentioned, that they can be, obviously, some of them are, are, are solely towards the birth, but they're like anything. I mean, if, if people are avoiding talking about experiences or becoming obsessed with talking about it, that that's one that can go for anything, right? So they're... So they're I mean, because it's birth, people think, oh, you shouldn't, it's a miraculous thing, a bit of life. But for for a lady, it can be quite traumatic. So those things um, are definite uh, lookout points that people should try. But it doesn't have to be, it right? It can, be, it can right. be beautiful. It can be empowering, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. hard, but that doesn't, you know, we have to, we need to have sensitivity to the mother and the baby's psychological experience right. yeah. of the birth process. Yeah, it doesn't have to Right. Yeah, and and it was just so when we were talking about this is what we talked about last time. I was just talking about people might have gone through it um, before. Maybe they've had the first birth and it was, it was like that. As Anne said, listen to the first interview. It doesn't have to be that way. And um, we're going to talk about things. Uh, and we talked about things that you can do and uh, etc. But if it ha- if it was that way for you, don't feel like you're a bad person or anything. This is just this is normal. So next time you you give you give birth or you're pregnant, you can do things differently and have a little listen look into Anne and and her site www.homesweethomebirth.com and listen to the interviews and you can go through it. But you said baby gets trauma as well. Explain. Oh my gosh. This. Yeah. This the like decades. Decades of scientific research in embryology, neurology, and psychology are all documenting that babies are born fully conscious, and and they're they're actually in the womb conscious, and will form memories and develop responses to to adapt to their environment. So we all know right now that drugs affect the baby, alcohol affects the baby, nicotine goes to the baby, poor nutrition, right? Um, but but. But the like an acute emotional trauma and stress have traumatic anything that's traumatic for the mom, what the mom eats, 
drinks, breathes, thinks, feels, right? The same stress hormones of that trauma are going to go to the baby. So if mommy's happy, uh, baby's happy. If, if mom is totally stressed out, that's going to go to the baby. And so what's interesting is the way I'm just talking about routine medical procedures, you know, thinking from a baby, from a baby's point of view, if we would just be sensitive to the, to, 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 to their, um, they're so, uh, their brain is developing, their learning capacity is developing, but they are exquisitely sensitive, you know? And, and so just think, you know, if a baby is having like what we call 24 hour womb service, heart to heart in, you know, it's dark, it's peaceful in, in the womb, right? The, The baby has nothing to worry about. So just think, how is it for the baby you know, routine medical procedures, right? The baby comes out, the cords cut right away. So baby is like severed from a third of, of its blood supply, which is actually equivalent to a hemorrhage, uh, but it's unseen because it's backed up in the cord, right? The baby is suctioned. They stick, they stick tubes, a tube down the baby's respiratory, um, you know, you know, airway to, to suction out fluids. You know, there's sometimes there's bright lights, there's noise, there's sort of a rush, Babies could, even before that, they, they might have an electronic monitor uh, plugged into their scalp. They were, you know, mom's given antibiotics or, or Pitocin or narcotics. Baby pulled out by forceps or vacuum. I mean, these these affect the baby. And the baby's put in an isolate away from the mother. And, you know, all these things are being done to it to the baby. And, and this is an exquisitely, you know, a very sensitive human being. And, and especially now, like if baby is, ends up in the intensive care unit, just think of like all the procedures that are done there and, and even just, you know, routine procedures for the, for the baby. So, um, this is a very, it's, they're now, you know, I would say about 80% of children with developmental delays and like um, ADHD and ADD and any kind of sensory process disorder, autism have a history of birth trauma. And uh, yeah. And, and, and it's just like, this is, is such a crucial time in the baby's, in the baby's development that really affects the baby, you know, short and long term. The hope is there's healing, but I'm just saying that, that we need to really um, be sensitive to the baby's experience um, of birth because because it it's it just is so um, it's such a sensitive time you know the development of their nervous system and and they do have memory and you know in my trauma work like when I as a clarity breathwork practitioner when when you know we take women or, or I, I take human beings through um, the process memories of their birth come up. So it's there. It's just nonverbal. Really? Yeah. Come up and come out. Yeah. What, what is, so you mentioned there about um, the umbilical cord being cut straight away. How long, if you, if you were, for example, with someone, how long before you cut the umbilical cord? Well, um, I mean, we just look at the history, right? So human, uh, animals don't cut the cord. I, human beings did not cut the cord until the invention of the obstetrician <laughs> in the, or, or when birth was moved to the hospital, let's say, even, even, even uh, in, the, in, the early, in the 1900s, right? Before that, you know, wh- who, why, why did it become a medical intervention to disturb this process of cutting the cord? 
because the you know a third of the uh, blood of the babies backs up into the placenta during pushing, and that needs to return to the baby. It's blood volume and oxygen and stem cells and iron. There's so many um, you know essential components to life in the short term and in the long term health of that baby, so that when the baby is born and needs to start using its lungs and the heart starts to, it was shunting blood away from the lungs in the womb. Now it has to shunt, it has to send blood to the lungs and then the lungs start being breathing for the baby instead of the cord. And all of this is happening, this huge transition of baby becoming an independent person as opposed to a fetus while the cord blood is going in. So I don't, you know, most out of hospital midwives, we do not cut cords until, you know, when all is well, until the placenta is born. Once the placenta is born or, you know, um, at least wait to the, to the cord stops pulsing the blood into the baby, right. you know? So, so, so some of the obstetrical, you know, the, the medical obstetrical communities are, are now, um, you know, acknowledging the evidence and, you know, saying, oh, at least wait, you know, wait 90, 90 seconds. Well, I, I think we need to wait a bit more. Like why interfere? It's been, it worked well. It's been, it's been, um, we wouldn't have survived as a species if it didn't. Right. So, so why interfere? First do no harm is the first Hippocrat, you know, that's part of the Hippocratic oath, at least in the United States when, when, um, doctors in training become, you know, graduate and become physicians. First, do no harm. So, yeah. I mean, that's, so it's that seems to have been forgotten by most doctors out there. But <laughs> well, uh, so, not all, but not yeah, all, not all, not all, yeah, yeah. No, I just mean, like, There's a lot of pressures on doctors as well. But yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, we, you know, the, the the evidence is just mounting about just leaving the cord, you know, alone and not not cutting it. They're even doing, you know, providers who are more up on the evidence are even allowing de- what they call delayed cord optimal cord clamping during a cesarean birth. So, so that's something that I think all, all moms, you know, and families should add to their birth plan is that they, you know, want to make sure that the baby gets the cord blood. You know, people want to donate cord blood, right? It's this new, this new area of research about the benefits of cord blood. Who should have the cord blood? The baby should have the cord blood, right? You know, if you want to donate a little at the end, if baby's doing well, but but really, it's the baby is the most important recipient of the cord blood. Hundred percent, yeah. So, if it, if if I was to say, what can women do to avoid having birth trauma? Well, I think that that's you know that's huge. Um, what they can do is, I think that they um, the most ideal sense is pre- prepare themselves for a natural childbirth. You know, when all is well. And either find a physician or a midwife who is, you know, they're more likely to be in line with doing what they can to support a natural, you know, childbirth, minimal interventions and, and, and making sure that, you know, whoever your provider is, is in, in alignment with you and your desire to have a natural, beautiful, (laughs) gentle childbirth insensitivity to to and doing, you know, this is this is all I do. This is my course and my online course, the Home Sweet Home Birth, uh, for, dot com forward slash Love Your Birth, is to help people empower them with information and and tools so that they can give birth with minimal intervention and that the and that they can love their experience, yeah. you know. And and babies are brought into the world just just peacefully and gently. The lights don't, you know. 
don't have, they can be dim. It's just, it, it, and, and there's celebration and there's warmth and there's humanity and there's love in the room. You know, babies put right, cords not clamped, babies put right on to mom. And, and it's just this peaceful, beautiful part of life. Right. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's a huge, that's a, that's huge is to decide is your setting, is your birth setting and is your provider can, you know, conducive to a low inter, you know, minimal intervention only if, you know, absolutely necessary or, or, or natural childbirth and then preparing yourself. You know, I, I have a whole list aside from my course, I have a whole list of, of books um, about how to prepare for natural childbirth, not just to wing it because today I think, you know, years ago, you know, when, when we were surrounded by birth, you know, we helped our mothers or our sisters or, or, or nieces, you know, women were helping women in the communities when we lived in tribes and communities around the world. Today, women are not seeing birth as often as that, right? So they, they haven't seen birth at all. And there's a lot of fear out there. And, um, you know, when birth was, was moved to the hospital. So I, so I think, especially in today's modern world, there's a lot of lack, you know, women don't have the confidence they used to have in, in giving birth and they're afraid. What you, just, what you just said there, I think is, is so right. Like people generally fear what they don't know. So the more research you can do, the more you can get around mm-hmm. it, the better you're going to be because you'll be like, when things cross, the same as I get people with, with, with my thing, they've got an issue and they think, oh, I think I know enough, but it's, I just can't put it in order. I'm like, that's why you need a coach or, or because it's just like with your program, I'm sure you, you put it all out and you've got everything. There's so much information out there and misinformation. It's about getting it down for people so you can move them through a program, but also just making them familiar with, with things because there's, as you say, so much misinformation out there as well about everything. It's making them familiar with what's true. And then, so when things do crop up, they know that it's not something that, is that the blue something they should be worried about? That's just the way the body works. That's just the way they react. So just retrusting, reclaiming, yeah. you know, trust in the process. Like I, if you, on homesweethomebirth.com forward slash gift, I have a whole yes. um, hundred. I have almost about one hundred and seventy resources of movies and books to empower you know the woman and her partner with this information. You know, the pick and choose the different books, but there's so much information out there just to 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 boost your confidence to help you. Um, embrace this and and know that you can do it and create the, a beautiful birth of your dreams. And what you know, I don't have when when you, how can I say when women are supported in this sort of I want to say quote home birth model of care because you can have that in the hospital too. You know, you can have that in a birthing center. It's just respectful, compassionate, kind care that restores the power and responsibility to the mother. And, and, you know, when, when birth is supported in that way, when it just is allowed to happen beautifully, normally and naturally, we don't have, and, and, you know, and she feels loved, she feels safe, she feels secure. We just not seeing birth trauma, Yeah. you know, Yeah, 100%. for moms or babies. Yeah. I get what you're saying. It's about, it's the whole, it's the whole experience. It's, it's, the, it's the place. It's the, it's, it's the knowledge, it's the feeling, it's everything. And uh, as I said before, guys, listen to the first interview with Van and go on to www.homebirth.com for lots of, uh, forward slash gift as well for the free gifts that she's got there. Um, it's really eye-opening. Um, so, and just mo- moving on, because um, we want to talk about, well, it's not, it's similar, it's, it's, it's all linked together. We want to talk about, you mentioned before um, to me, 
about how you've been able to um, permanently heal from from the stress and the, and the trauma, and how you're you, you're living in in high vibration um, despite, as you said, these challenges that you've gone through. Because um, you you mentioned to me that you've endured uh, endured some abuse at uh, childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So so how have you done that, and what was that like at childhood? The abuse, what you went through, and and what happened? Well, I. You know, and it's pretty sim- a lot of um, uh, what I went through in childhood. I just kind of buried and repressed. I, I had a, I had a, I went through a lot of childhood abuse, right? And and as what does a child do other than you know I buried, I I just buried and denied and got myself busy in things like outside my house, which, you know, could have been, I, I was a very active physically as a, I, I was athletic. I did dance, I was dancer, still am. And, um, you know, just got, just got very busy in other things in my work, in my school, in my guitar playing or whatever. And, and I just kind of buried, buried, repressed, repressed. And I, I didn't know any other way. Right. But I what I do know is I now is I entered adulthood very wounded, as does anybody who is a victim of, you know, any sort of abuse in childhood. So, you know, after a while of 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 having various hits as an adult, you know, I, I, you know, um, severe illness in the family and other sorts of other uh, my own my own two birth traumas. You know, after a while, sort of, I I knew inside something was wrong with me, but I didn't know what it was. And I felt very, um, um, it was almost, it it got to the point where it was like torture to live in my body, you know, and, and, and I try, you know, I, I went to psychiatrists. I, um, they just wanted, you know, to medicate me. I tried medication, nothing that didn't work. Um, I, I, I had tried, I was very into always has, I've been very into holistic modalities. I've tried homeopathic remedies and herbs and acupuncture and hypnotherapy and all sorts of holistic therapies. Um, and, and nothing was really helpful. I mean, I got, you know, yoga and meditation helped a little bit, but, um, what really helped was, um, when I, when I really hit rock bottom, Um, and that, even though that was rock bottom, I knew I needed, I I needed to just take care of this. So I, I went to a holistic psychiatrist who said, you have post, you have chronic post-traumatic stress disorder. She didn't, she doesn't know why anyone, any other person, you know, missed this, you know, and I was, I was already a midwife at the time, but I I just didn't, I didn't put it together about this time, man. Mm, must have been about 10, 15 years ago. Okay. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, I knew in my, because the symptoms are very physical yeah. and I, you know, I, I didn't, I knew that, you know, what depression was, I knew what anxiety was. This wasn't that, you know, the, you know, having chronic post-traumatic stress. So, and, and I was hearing from women all the time who have, you know, uh, one in three women are, are, are victims of, of abuse um, sexual abuse. And then even, you know, unreported, probably more and, you know, all sorts of childhood traumas. And, and I just became very passionate and how I can help them. And, and all, you know, and, and I had to midwife myself when I really hit rock bottom. So, so, so I, so the doctor, when she diagnosed me, I was so happy because then I knew I, what I had and now I can heal it. And she, the, she's the one that introduced to me that the way to heal trauma is not through medication. Trauma is trapped energy 
in the body. It's stored as there's memory cells all over the body and it's stored as trapped energy in the body. And the way to heal it, like cutting edge research is through somatic. It's through the body, not through therapy, not that, not through talk therapy. I mean, that can be as an adjunct, but it's really through the body. So she told me about like, it's called organic intelligence. They have a website and somatic experience and, and, you know, to reset the nervous system and, and ways of releasing this trapped energy in the body. So at the same time, I had been at, I, I went with, um, with, a, she spent hours with me, this psychiatrist, she was amazing. I went with a friend of mine to a yoga retreat in Costa Rica where, um, there was a, there was a woman who was doing rebirthing, um, sessions and I, and I was so into mind body and I just hadn't heard of rebirthing yet. And I, uh, the women in the retreat were just raving about this. Like they, this, they don't know what happened, but they feel like they've, they've released tons of trapped pain energy and they're just, it was the most transformative experience of their life. And I must try it. So of course, you know, I had to try it. And, um, so what this um, woman did was she led me through, uh, we, we talked a little bit, but then she led me through what's, it's like a continuous, continuous conscious connective breathing for at least an hour. And I felt huge. I would say, I don't know how to describe it other than thousands and thousands and thousands of energy, like coming up in my body and, 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 and she worked with me and then it just kind of shook off. So, so, so the breath work is, I, I knew, like, I thought she gave me a drug. It was so powerful. Like it was such an out of body experience, such a powerful experience. And she says, no, this is rebirthing. This is breath work. So I knew I had to do more. So, so I, uh, she set me up with someone in my, in, in my area who I worked with. And then I went to workshops and workshops and, and, and the, the biggest healing was when I immersed myself for a, a, a full month in one of these clarity breathwork workshops. And I literally felt that I, um, billions and billions of bricks of pounds or, or I don't know, kilo, however you want to, you know, kilo, what do you say? Uh, pa- uh, what's weight in yeah, pounds or kilos, now. pounds or kilos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like carrying around in my body just left me forever. I, uh, you know, in clarity breathwork, you know, we work very much every day on, you know, we start from the earliest, earliest, earliest time in the womb and the birthing and going into childhood, mother, father, all the way up to adult life. And how, so how is this work? So, so people ask me what, you know, how does this work? So it's, it's, um, it's a process of using the most, a hundred percent of your lung capacity. And oxygen is is like the fuel of every cell of the body of the, for the organs. To, so so if you well, it's, we need right. <laughs> it's, yeah. So 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 normal like human beings like on average breathe about twenty to thirty percent of their lung capacity on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. So this is um, this is a process in which we're we're inviting in a hundred percent as much as possible of oxygen for at least an hour, and also the lungs is the main source of detox. So that's just like on a physical level. And when there's a lot of oxygen in the body, it, 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 it changes the pH and it can, it can cause, you know, healing hormones to come out. But, but it, it works on a much deeper level. So is it, emo- similar, is it similar? I mean, you get, because most people are like chest breathing, it's about belly breathing and breathing right. Is it similar to some of the principles you get in Tai Chi and Qigong? Well, it's, it's not. Yeah, so I don't know the breathing of Qigong. I've, I've never... I'm, I'm sorry, Tai Chi, but I'm, you know, as a yoga teacher, I'm very, um, 
aware of the power of pranayama, which is mm-hmm. the power of breath to mm-hmm. activate um, relaxation, deep relaxation in the body. It can create heat. It can create coolness. It can create states of ecstasy. So we use the breath in yoga. This is, but so the breath has definitely um, a lot of you know power in different you know in activating certain states in the it's body. Powerful, yeah. Yes. So this is not a yoga breath, though. It's it, it the the mouth is wide open and and the 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 it's a full breath in into the hope the heart um like into the chest using the full lung capacity and no pause between the inhale and the exhale. And it's not hyperventilating. It's not like fast, but it's deep and and it's the flow is continuous. And what what that does is that opens the subconscious. It opens, it's amazing how it does this and, and it, it kind of puts the body in a subconscious state. So any trapped, like sort of trapped emotional energy that was not processed in the past comes up to process and clear, just kind of like animal. It gets our thoughts out of the way. So like an animal, we can just shake it off. And, and it's fascinating, the, the physical uh, um, uh, sensations that can come up. And sometimes, you know, the um, people can even have a spiritual experience, like like sort of transcendent experience. And, and spiritual means different things to different people. But I would just say that people have had visions uh, doing this work. They they have felt uh, sort of incredible clarity or or developed insights or communication with people or spiritual forces. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is that. Is that like even the biblical religions? If you uh, uh, they talk about when God, if you believe in God, put put uh, um, life into Adam and Eve, he he uh, uh, he put breath into Adam and Eve, and they became alive. And even if you're that's not what you know your belief system, the the west, the east, right? Like like all the yogic philosophy use prana is considered really the life force. It's sort of, it's like spirit. It's the infinite intelligence around. So if you are bringing this in 100% into your body, I mean, just think of the power of that healing tool, right? But whatever it is, you don't even have to know how it works because it saved my life. It works. And I became so passionate about it. And, you know, and, I, and I was seeing, witnessing huge healing in, in like, there must've been 40 or 50 people in the room. And, and, you know, they have Bhakti Fest and Shakti Fest. They have all sorts of, fe- uh, what a fest, healing fest where there could be four or 500 people breathing. And, and, and in Europe, I know it's much more common than in the United States, um, where they have like breath studios kind of as, as, as prevalent as yoga studios where people come and breathe you know, because there's stress and, you know, we're human. So there, you know, we carry, sometimes we go through life and there's inner stress or we have baggage. Right. And so it's it's like a regular practice that it's become, you know, to just go and breathe and then, and go about your life. And uh, so you can breathe in, in private groups, uh, you know, private sessions and you can have group sessions and both can be very powerful. And, um, so I'm, yeah, so I became trained in it and, and not only, you know, it, it healed all my traumas, you know, it, it, my birth trauma, my traumas as from years and years of, of, of abuse as a child. And, um, you know, and I, and I use this as a tool for women in my practice and, you know, I, I lead group, I lead groups as well. And, uh, there's these Skype sessions, but there's, there's breath workers really all over the world world now. It's, it's an amazing organization. Um, and practice a very powerful modality that's natural. 
Yep. Totally natural. Can you, uh, so can you, can you give us a little example? <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, we, we, we'll do it. I mean, I'll do it. I mean, you're going to do it right everyone, now. Everyone, everyone listening, everyone listening, <laughs> everyone listening, let's have a little, uh, example. This is, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to follow Anne's lead, go for it. Uh, well, um, to really, you know, it, it, the, the session, it, like, e- like even a, ba- a, a session uh, is an hour, yeah, right? Yeah, I know we're not going to get like the full hour oh. or anything, like that, but I just mean like this, this is like a small example. I know we're not going to get the full benefits and it's not going to be, but it's just so, interesting to know sort of right. how you'd go about it. So we kind of lay down in a very comfortable position. Mm-hmm. Um, pregnant women tend to need to be propped up. You know, I use a bolster, but most mm-hmm. people um, lie flat on their back. They can have a pillow, like like Shavasana, like mm-hmm. the yoga Shavasana, like the corpse pose where you're just lying flat on your back. Mm-hmm. And we get into a very just, you know, um, I always have a little bit of a met, you know, meditation beforehand so people can get relaxed and a pillow under the, uh, the knees if necessary and uh, the head, right? And the inhale is like a gasp, <sighs> right? It's like deep into the back of the throat and exhale is sort of just relaxed by itself. It's not a yoga breath. It's not a controlled breath. So it's like, like fogging a mirror would be the exhale. So it's... <sighs> And, 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 and it's continuous. And so the gusto, the, 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 um, in the, um, the gusto, the emphasis is on that inhale. And so if you want to think of ratio, so maybe like a three to four to one, like I wouldn't get focused on the counting, but the inhale, you know, would be maybe to a count of three or four and then just a relaxed exhale and then the inhale again. And so there's no, uh, pause. You understand? And so if, if a person is doing that, well, actually, you know, in London, you have the breathguru.com, um, uh, com, which do, he, he does, uh, Alan Dolan does transformational breath. He actually has an app that uh, you can get on your iPhone, um, breath guru, where, um, he, he explains it very well. Uh, but, but, um, I would definitely like if anybody's new to this, um, there's so many places in Europe and in the United States where you can find a rebirther or a breath um, worker, you know, <laughs> a clarity breath work is, is what I do. And, and do you do this, I mean, do you do this with um, people before pregnancy as well? Oh, 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 I, 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 most of the people actually I do, um, you could do before pregnancy, you can do after pregnancy, um, all, you know, like I have so many women and and men that I'm working with, whether they're going through any kind of upsetting, you know, like um, any kind of a, a, a emotional upset, emotional pain. Um, it just it's just energy, right? That that is stored in our body. So it doesn't really matter what the pain or trauma is, and you don't have to go delving into it. You know, that's what's amazing. This this cuts years of therapy and psychoanalysis and, 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 and really can heal without medication. Uh, you know, that's, that's, what's amazing about it. Yeah, key. So, so there's, there's, I just want to give you, um, some, um, here, I'm going to, if you hold on one second, international, there's the international foundation. I just want to make sure I give you the correct website. So that, um, yeah, the IBFnetwork.com is the International Breathwork Foundation. 
And there you can look up breath workers in your community, wherever you're living, living. And, and every time I do it, I'm, I'm, a, I'm facilit- assisting at a training again in Costa Rica this winter. And every time I'm there, I am amazed how many Europeans are there. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's vibrant. It's going on all over the world. But especially in Europe, it's very big. Well, we've got um, uh, Wim Hof. You know Wim Hof? I've heard of him. Yeah, he, he's very, very big into breathing. And obviously, um, I mean, a lot of cold therapy as well. But he's... Yeah, breathing in the cold water. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Water actually accelerates the process. Yeah, he. But yeah, yeah. I'd love to get him him on as well because it's very interesting. Um, as you said, yeah, it's all about the nervous system, what you can be in. Because generally, as well, people don't want to get into a cold, cold shower. Saying, but it's just just because we're in so so many so much of the time we're in temperature controlled rooms, it just shows that your autonomic nervous system is extremely weak. But. Um, yeah, but you can heal. The body yeah. has such capacity yeah. to heal. And th- what this does is it allows your nervous system to reset. Yeah. It's just powerful. It is so powerful. And, you know, it, the, the feelings, you know, it, the, the people are, I'm, every time I breathe with anybody or lead a group, and even the people that, that breathe, uh, there's an awe of how powerful this is. Mm-hmm. And, and safe, the safe. It's not dangerous to breathe, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> No, he's, no, of course. I mean, I was just looking at Wim, Wim's uh, website here. He says, cold therapy, breathing, and commitment. And to be honest, if you're looking at the um, breatheguru.com, it's, it's, it seems a lot of it is, is um, I suppose, quite similar. Uh, and the power of breath. People always say uh, there's six very f- uh, fundamental um, uh, parts of, of health. So obviously nutrition, hydration, um, breathing, Breathing is one hundred percent. Sleep, uh, thought, and, and movement. Um, and pe- breathing is something that we've just we've not we've not really taken much notice of it. I mean, it's in the, right. until like the last five years, it's got, it's got very very big. Like, I mean, there's always been people out there, but in well, our this lives, started in the seven. This yeah. started in the seventies, yeah. But I mean, it's got bigger the last five years in terms of like Wim Hof and probably your guys right, right, right. breathing right, right, right. and stuff. Um, right. It's very, very important, and then obviously yoga and qigong and things like that. Well, that's it been back. going on for yeah. years. That's been going on for years, yeah, thousands yeah. of years. Thousands of years, yeah. That was yeah. thousands of years, but I mean, it's just become popular in sort of like the Western world because um, it's all about yeah different. They're all healing modalities. They're all, or as you say, all about bringing energy. When you do qigong or tai chi, for what you can feel the energy in your hands. Like, oh, absolutely. You feel it, and people don't understand that it's like it's one where you come together like a ball, and you can just feel the energy bouncing off you, and it's. It's something that if you haven't done it before, I definitely suggest you do because it just brings you into a different mindset around how everything is actually. Yeah, works. and and when you when when you do it, um, and and you really surrender to the process and do it for an hour, it it's amazing that that the feeling of 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 like sort of energy that was never pr- like some sort of there's, there's such a sense of a powerful energy in the body. And, 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 and when, when people do have the symptoms of, of whether tingling or shaking or quick or shivering or, or like twitching and, and sensations of heat and cold, I mean, it's, it's, it's mind boggling the relief that is felt after, mm-hmm. you know, people can really have states of, yeah, they have to go through these symptoms that are, that are sometimes can be intense and overwhelming, but the relief after can be like, I, I've like bliss. That's unbelievable. And and it left me forever, like it's gone. I'm I'm done with it, you know. And and I I, w- I want that for everybody. 
you know, and not have to carry yeah. around the trauma for why, why suffer? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it's just because people don't know, and is in, it's just. It's like as you say that the dog or the animal, you see him shake it off. It's like I was I was trying to explain it to people. I think I might have said it before on a podcast. It's like if you've got it's really something happens to you and it's really negative energy and you feel really bad or you're really stressed and imagine yourself consuming a big ball of dark energy and it is going down your gut and you haven't right. got rid of it. It just stays with your body. It's and that, perfect uh, analogy. Yeah, and perfect. That, and that dark energy can just everything's energy. It, it's very, very toxic to the body. It can cause disease. Very. Everything. So I say to yes. People, even if it means just hitting a bag or running out or something, it's, it's, it's releasing that energy. And the way breathing's one way of doing it. Movement is other ways of doing it. But if you don't release that energy. It's very, very toxic to the body, and yes. I'm trying to say to you, even the most uh, conventional of scientists will tell you everything is energy. You know, um, so it's huge. And as you said, the animals go and shake it off, and it's different ways of us doing it, um, which is there's an, brilliant. There's another website um, I just want to share with your, the audience in terms of newborns. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, birthpsychology.com um, has all the cutting edge research and articles by physicians and PhD, you know, scientists about, about the trauma that can happen in, in the womb, in, in birth and how to heal from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, healing is so possible. The body knows how to heal. We just have to get the brain, <laughs> the, the left thinking brain out of the way. We just have to remove this modern lifestyle modalities out of the way, really, as you say, yeah, and it is the left side of the brain. Um, it's listening to Chris Cresser the other day and it's something that I took on board a lot which is very true I mean we always talk about it is like genetic predisposition to disease plus modern lifestyle equals chronic illness and that's the thing like people just uh, it's, it's just getting out it's just once again taking on all these things that um, you mentioned here the breathing's been around for for, for thousands of years or whatever um, these things that are looked at as woo woo are now kind of more and more mainstream because they work and you say we need to get back in, in tune with us. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think the people that come to you and the people that come to me, because I'm, you know, a holistic midwife, and people that come to me, they're tired of suffering. Yeah. They want, they, 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 they'll have some woo-woo, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it works. Well, it's and, either, it's either they've got it in them or they're, they're at the last chance saloon. They're right. Else they've, 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 they've right. tried it hasn't worked. You know, and they, 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 they know that we're a mind, body, heart, and soul that, you know, that it's modern medicine is, is wonderful, but it's a very, you know, and it can be life-saving right in, in, in in times, but it's really a very narrow approach to the human being. And it's, and it's not really healing most of modern chronic ailments. Right. So. Getting a car crash or something like that. Or yeah. I oh, yeah. There. I'm not going to go and get right. a car crash. Yeah. No, you're not going <laughs> to. Right. Yeah, but right. When, it, when it comes to chronic disease, I was talking to one of my friends actually the other day. Um, his name is Andy Wilkinson, uh, one of my really good friends. He's a he's a surgeon, and he used to say, about fifty, well, about, I suppose ten, maybe eight years ago, he used to be really really skeptical. And he he was saying, Ryan, everything you you guys are doing now, I mean, it's opened my mind. I wish I wasn't so skeptical before. And he's talking about chronic disease. He said, you guys. So I always push people in your direction now because I just know what we do for chronic diseases doesn't work, and, I, and this is coming from someone who's been taught, and, and he knows. Like he's a, he's a so he's not a surgeon, he's an anaesthetist, but he he helped. Obviously, his job is very very important when it comes to anything like car crashes, right. surgeries, etc. And that and that, sure. that is what modern medicine is phenomenal. At. I mean, imagine having surgery without an anaesthetic. Oh, 
Oh terrible, gosh, right? yeah. no holistic holistic yeah. care includes modern medicine, yeah, but the exactly. future but the future of healing and health is integrative. Yeah, is 100%. is u- using all the modalities um, that work. But but using them when they're but so but for things like that, of course you need them. But otherwise, there's a million one things that we can do when it comes to chronic illness, um, other than medication or surgery and things like that. But any so we've touched on quite a bit there, and when it comes to to, to the breathing and, and um, so you say it's clarity breath work. Any tips for people out there? Um, for breathing or for just, just for yeah, if someone wants to get into it. What would be the best way? Yeah, so I would say go on that um, the website that I just gave. Did you? Um, I the, took down um, IB IB Network and BreatheGuru.com and BreatheGuru.com. Yes, right. So, so in terms of if if you know if you're human and you have lungs, that usually means that uh, human beings have baggage. We have baggage. I I have seen uh, couples like come into the breathwork sessions, like the group sessions, and the partner is just coming with his wife that has to heal all this trauma. Right. And, and he is, they're all like, they're breathing in a group. Right. And he's shaking like a leaf and he was fine. Like nothing's the matter with me. Well, really, if you're human, you know, we all have baggage and we all have sometimes, you know, um, upsets and, you know, stress in the body from, from just being in life. And this is just a very powerful, simple modality that you can use regularly. And I also use dance. Like, I love how you, I love how you say, um, to shake it off, to dance it off, you know, um, in my workshops and in clarity breathwork workshops, we use dance a lot. Um, uh, cultures around the world, you, you know, ex- feel and express and vocalize move, um, emotions from joy to anger to grief in community, right? So, so cultures around the world dance and vocalize to express and feel. So do toddlers, right? When, when a toddler is excited, the whole room, the, everybody knows they're jumping and singing and, and, and skipping and moving, right? Of the, their joy. But if, if a toddler is sad or angry, oh, you're, you're going to see a big, flipping, wild temper tantrum, right? Yeah. They're, they're not, they don't have shame. They're being authentic and innocent in moving the energy, you know, and feeling the energy and, and screaming and roaring and pounding and kicking or whatever they need to do. And then they get up and they go about their, their life. I don't know when it was that we were told to shut down, turn off, tune out, disembody, you know, disconnect. So, no, so right. I use... Yeah. And I, so I tell everyone like, um, and, uh, everyone you can take a, a take every day. You can play three songs to your, you know, in the bathroom and dance in the mirror or wherever you are, uh, a song that's, um, like a grief song. I like Adele a million years ago, but it could be any song that elicits grief. Um, if you're feeling grief and you let it move your body, you just move to the words, you know, and, and sob and moan. And then uh, there's, you know, an angry song, a song that elicits anger. Um, there's tons of those out there. And then like a, an upbeat turn on song and, uh, you know, turning on like, like, like just like, you know, feeling good is, 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 but I have a, you know, I have a whole playlist, but it's, it's just a great way. It's a tool that you could use right now to sort of um, feel and embody and move your emotion and then realize that you could play an upbeat song that's, that it could be sexy, it could be sensual, or it could just be upbeat and, 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 and happy sort of, and, and you can um, create joy. 
just by moving and movement. We've done it all over the world, you know, since the beginning of time. And, time, and you did it as a baby, as a little little boy or a little girl. 100%. And also with that, it's amazing. So it's one of those things where you can listen to a song and uh, it can take you straight back to a fun time or a sad time because, as we know from... Touches the soul. Yeah, it's also doing work for the brain. It's like what gets mm-hmm. wired together gets wired together. So... Um, yeah. In terms of what we put things together, you hear a sad song, it can bring you straight back to an ex girlfriend or a bad time, or you can hear a happy song, it can take you straight back to a great holiday or to a birthday party or something like that. You know, it's just one of those things. So, hundred percent, I really like that um, that that bit of uh, that that tip there. And, and you might, yeah, and you might need one or two. You know, like if you're really feeling angry, you might need a few angry songs, right? But don't stay in the muck. Then turn it on to like an upbeat, you know, song. Good, you know, flow riders, good feeling, or yeah, yeah. Uh, d- drop it low, or you know, do a hip hop or yeah, feeling yeah. good, suavemente. If you're feeling the Latin, you know, there's so many songs that are just, um, or it could be like sort of like a tribal, you know, African dance, mm-hmm. shake move, you know, the din dada is a good one, you know. But there's, there's the, just don't stay in the muck. Like feel it, move it, and then turn it on. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, we covered quite a bit there. Anything else you'd like yeah. to add? Yeah, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. Anything yeah, if else anyone you'd like has... to add? <laughs> oh, just just the body. You know, the body has a huge capacity to heal. And I, I'm telling you, if if I came from the depths of despair of having the the, the trauma that I went through and healed from it, and can now help others um, find that healing for themselves, you can too. Anyone can. Healing is so possible. You know, to yeah. just yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you very much for that. So that's that's Anne Margolis, ladies and gentlemen. And as you said, find her at www.homesweethomebirth.com um, home um, yes. As well as, or if you put forward slash gift, you can get um, a little gift that she's got for everyone. But otherwise, guys, um, any questions around that, give us a shout and I'll send them over to Anne. But otherwise, thank you very much for that, Anne. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, Always a pleasure, Ryan. And uh, yeah, I'll see you. Um, well, I'll speak to you very soon. Yes. Cool. Awesome. I'm going to interview you on my Facebook Live. Yeah, we are going to do a little <laughs> Facebook Live. Yeah, uh, which would be fun. And I'll tell the audience about that anyway because we can, can save that and we can send it out as well, which would be awesome. Great. Okay. okay have a good day and I'll speak to you soon. Great. Great. Thank you. You too. Bye. So guys, that was episode 42 of Anne Margolis. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It was really, really important, uh, I think, to get that information out. And Anne, as always, is a brilliant guest. And I'm actually looking forward to being on her show and going live with her and answering all the questions. But that's it for today, guys. As always, this show is sponsored by www.reviveyourself.co. And you're heading over there to find all the articles and find out how you can work with us if you've got a chronic issue. You've also got our free four-day Revive Yourself mini course over there go over mini course anyway any chronic issues it's going to be huge for you and we're going to be aiming to to be more on the gut health I mean everything is related to gut health anyway but we're going to be hitting gut health hard because I think it's such an issue today more and more people always ring me up about their gut issues skin issues and all of it is related to the gut so we'll be concentrating a lot on that so as always guys I said before you can find us on Instagram at revive underscore yourself or you can find us um, on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Revive Natural Health. Otherwise, guys, that's it for this episode. I'll see you soon. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, and I'll speak to you soon. If 
If you're struggling with gut issues, such as gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, heartburn, and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects, then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of The Healing Health Paradigm today. 